Hello, I'm Bob Ragdon, and you're listening to CSO Executive Sessions. CSO Executive Sessions is a twice-monthly podcast produced by CSO and IDG. Each episode, we sit down with leading security and risk executives to get their take on the challenges faced by their organizations. And today, we're on the line speaking with Roland Cloutier, the global CSO of TikTok, the video sharing social networking service. Before joining TikTok, Roland spent 10 years as the CSO of ADP and six years as CSO of EMC. Roland, it's great to speak with you again. Bob, it's always great to be with you and uh, thanks for having me. Sure. You made a big shift this year after a long time as the CSO of ADP. What prompted the move to TikTok? Uh, there's, there's a lot of things, Bob. I mean, you know, I've been doing critical infrastructure defense for a very long time, and the opportunity was just intriguing. Like, you know, <laughs> the challenge that was put before me was, hey, go, let's, you know, we have an opportunity. We, we want to build a very unique platform, a new global multinational and uh, by the way, we're under CFIUS review. And oh, by the way, you know, our parent company is a Chinese company. We'd like to become a global multinational and make that work. And I was like, huh, sounds cool. Uh, let's go do that. <laughs> the, the fact is I had a great process understanding the company. Uh, this went on for months, actually, to get to understand really what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go. And once I got to know the people and what they were trying to create and the community they were creating, I, I just want to be part of it. And I guess the last thing that is as important to me was, you know, at ADP, I had just an amazing leadership team that I worked with, both, you know, within the business and as well as the security leadership team. As you know, most CISOs last about, you know, two and a half, three years. I've been there 10. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just had some people that would not get to be where they wanted to be in their career unless I made a move. And, and I really wanted them to have that ability. So it was a great time. It was a great time for me to move and a great challenge. Well, good, you know, big kudos to you because you did the same thing in EMC. You had a lot of great people right underneath you. When you moved up, you know, onto ADP, a lot of people moved up and went in some great positions. So, you know, so TikTok's a, a short video media platform that my daughter, by the way, is addicted to uh, with, with millions of users around the world. What kind of unique security challenges does that pose? Let's start with a couple of the facts. First, it's a startup. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking, it's a couple years old and we're talking a billion users on the platform, right? Yeah. It is the largest and the fastest growing, you know, video media company ever, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you have this massive growth, but the world doesn't care that you're a startup. Right. The world expects you to act like a 10 year old company and have the programs, processes, technologies, defensive operations, all of the, the things that, that mature companies have. So that's, to me, that's a pretty huge challenge having to act like, you know, um, your peers that have been around for 10 or 20 years. The other challenge, you know, I would say is that it's a community. Right. So which is different, like a lot of times you have customers and you have or, or you're in very different areas. But we have a we have a community of people that are on the platform to share what they do in life and connect with people around the globe. So by default, it's a global platform, but you have to protect it as an independent community with specific community rules. And oh, by the way. You operate in 48 different countries, and all right. of those 48 different countries have a different opinion on what you should be doing. So huge, 
you know, huge considerations. Obviously, you know, you, you see India and China get into it and you see what mm-hmm. happens to a technology platform. You have a political election in the United States and you see what happens, you know, to the platform. And it, it, it really doesn't matter how good or what you do. And it matters truly, you're, you're at the bequest of what those governments think. And, and mm-hmm. so making sure you thread that needle in such a way that enables the mission of the company, but respects the requirements of the countries you operate in. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting job. Like many other businesses, TikTok also sits at the convergence of user data, privacy, and global reach. How's that figure into your role? All of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you think so, you know, um, I'm fortunate enough, this is actually my third converged security organization I get to build. And it was, it was purposely designed. One of the reasons, you know, I think I was selected was they wanted to see a global capability or a shared service of security risk and privacy defense in a single organization that understands all the complexities. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's number one. Number two is, I get to really learn some new stuff. Listen, I haven't I haven't done media before. Data exchange in the way that it happens in this market is entirely different. So in my role, I get to incorporate areas that may had not maybe have not had a operational security lens on it and be able to really build that into the fabric of the business, which I think is exciting from my perspective. You know, you can manage a data data defense group. You can put in information security and encryption and all the stuff that's in our products already. But when you start getting into the business and figuring out how they operate, starting to shorten time to close on deals, when you enable net new products and new geos that they couldn't do before because they didn't have the security capabilities or the Mm -hmm. regulatory compliance factor, and you can do that, like that's some exciting stuff. And that's some of the things I'm working on right now. Well, so you mentioned data, right? Data is a commodity for all media companies, whether you're social company or otherwise. How did the challenges around TikTok and its association with China change the way you approach data and privacy protection? Not really a lot. I mean, you know, so let's start with the big question because everybody asks it and you're the only one that hasn't actually. It's kind of funny, (laughs) you know. um, Maybe I'm just not there yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, so we don't, TikTok doesn't operate in China. Right. So to be very clear, our, you know, our yeah. data centers are in the U.S. with a backup in Singapore. All the primary U.S. user data is actually in the U.S. The only thing that's really repli- replicated in Singapore is either the CDN, the video environment uh, sure. or videos that go global or your basically your IDM stuff, how I can get onto the platform as a backup uh, method to get on platform. But that's it's, it's just not available in China. So it doesn't matter if you're a U.S. You know, operations engineer trying to access Brazilian data or your Chinese engineer trying to um, access U.S. data. It's done in the same way. It's the same method mm-hmm. of identity access management, authentication, authorization, encryption. It's, a, it's you know, from Rainbow Series Ford, man. It's the same stuff we've been doing you know, forever uh, with Arbach as, as a back end. So you... We protect the data wherever it is globally to the level it needs to for that regional environment. And and that's our approach. So it's more about how do you be transparent about it, Bob, yeah. to be serious? Because mm-hmm. like people just don't get that. There's a common theory that, well, it, you, you have to provide it to China. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you know? um, <laughs> there's no such thing. But so we just have to be as more transparent 
and more dedicated to, to making sure people understand where our data is, how we protect it, those programs around it. That's really it. Yeah. What was the, what was the impact? Or, I, I don't guess it's impact really is what I'm asking about. But what was your reaction when, you know, the story around like Amazon sending out an email internally saying they were banning TikTok and then they retract it? be honest I, that was that was the security community coming together yeah this, this is a this is a perfect podcast for that you know I, I you know i can obviously let steve talk to his organization and the things that they look at to ensure the you know the protection of their people and mm-hmm. their platform and their operations you know i trust in what amazon said that that was a mistake yeah uh, yeah and and it just took me calling and picking up the phone and have a conversation with my peer to really go down it. But at the same time, he had a lot of great questions. Um, yeah. You know, hey, hey, can you answer this? And, and that direct capability for me to take them through the programs in place, what we're working on, the claims by the, you know, uh, by political groups, um, mm-hmm. and walk through each one of those, that, that ability to have that face-to-face, quote-unquote, in COVID, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> conversation, I think, is super, uh, super important. You know, Am I disappointed that people have knee-jerk reactions to things that they don't have real information on? Sure. It, will that happen as long as we're in this industry? Yeah. Sure. It's up to us to be active, to be transparent, and to have good conversations. Yeah. Great point about the, the connection there and how when the when security industry comes together, we actually can solve a lot of the problems or misconceptions out there. What, what, what could security do to create a higher level of trust for TikTok? Well, that's that's a great question. Let's let's talk about the industry for a second because I think there's a lot happening there. Listen, you look at Google and the Play Store, and you look at at, at Apple, and you know, and those are the two kind of big mm-hmm. behemoths out out there that are really helping us self-regulate. So let's keep doing that. I mean, when the Play Store uh, security team calls and says, "Hey," We'd like to see this, this, and this, or they, they bring up that bar or Amazon, you know, does validation checks against the applications going into their environment. We're all responsible in that way and hold each other accountable. I think that's a first big step. The other thing I think that's great to do is these, is, is this, is have the conversation. Listen, if you're, if you're a CISO and your board wants to have a discussion with you and, and let's take TikTok out of it for a second about banning something because they saw it on the, the front page of the Wall Street Journal. If we do not do our due diligence, ask the right questions, engage, and be informed, and we make a decision or tell a, a set of directors or an executive committee to do something based on, you know, incomplete, we're, we're doing them a, a disservice. So mm-hmm. we have to get that information uh, as a practitioner, as, as a business executive, and, and so that means calling up me if it's, you know, my business or calling up, you know, uh, someone else if they're at a bank that you guys have concerns about and, and having those direct questions. So I'll shift gears for a minute. 13, 14 years ago, you and I were having discussions around pandemic planning. How, <laughs> but I'll tell you, COVID-19 was really not what I expected. <laughs> how, did, how did it affect your organization? So I, I kind of, you know, truth be told, I kind of fell in the middle of it. Like, so back in January when COVID kicked off, um, I was at my former job. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I've ever been prouder of an organization. I mean, by February, uh, this, this isn't even an end of February. This is by February. The executive leadership had such 
so many extras, tabletop exercises around uh, things like pandemics and senior leadership things around uh, global emergencies. They had already put in a full-time crisis management staff on it. They were already stopping travel. They were already preparing for closure processes. By the time I left in mid-February, they were already they were already planning for U.S. shutdowns. This is February. Wow. And so they were way ahead. And quite frankly, they didn't need me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I feel bad, you know, uh, you know, saying it like that, but um, they, it was such muscle memory to this organization. And we had been cut mm-hmm. through it. We had through the Ebola scare, you know, uh, before with uh, real impact, we had loss of, uh, you know, percentage of our business operation capacities in Asia on another issue. So there's, there had been some muscle memory. I got here a month after that and everyone was already working from home on a on an integrated protected cloud platform and it, it's like i was onboarded integrated and working with 100% employees around the globe working from home it was absolutely amazing it it certainly has changed i think the speed at which we decision making sure that we all have the right information and you know security is hearts and minds right it's hearts and minds yeah. it's it's putting the data down taking the emotion out of it being pragmatic and executing and sometimes it's hard to do that when people are on the other side of a computer screen or people are uh, not there in the same room to have very direct discussion. So I've, I've found that interesting going into a new position with such critical issues going on publicly, <laughs> you know, and it all being done by Zoom. But it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, been an, it's been an interesting time for sure. All right. Final question for you. Any advice you'd share with your peers about what they should be considering as we eventually shift to a post-pandemic work environment? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, some of the stuff that I've, I've learned is how are, we, how are we migrating specific operations around, you know, our core of our business, threat incident management, detection, investigation, response, mm-hmm. and mediation, when maybe half your workforce work from home in the future, right? Like right. what is an insider threat investigation, data collection, and privacy issue with law enforcement look like when Jimmy's sitting in Nashville, you know, in, yeah, in, yeah. in his in an apartment or, you know, any of these issues, if you have an external issue, right? Like, you know, how, how are, how is your corporate environment now home environments? And not to say we weren't doing work from home because many of us had work from home prior to this and, and, and large pockets of it. But I think that's number one is how do you really change your operating processes to meet that? And the second thing that I think people really have to think about is, do you have to be in a building? Like if you want to hire the best of the best, be competitive in this market and and hire the best. Do they have to work in a building? Like, Do they have to be there? You have all the issues around how do you get them into kind of the social fabric of your organization, mm-hmm. get their mind really wrapped around mission. That takes a different skill set. Hey, that may take different people on your team with like real touchy feely, like, you know, capabilities of building these type of team relationships beyond HR. Maybe new job descriptions will come up on, you know, virtual team member management, things of mm-hmm. that nature. But think about, you know, when you go back, if you need to hire, like me, 172 people in the next six months to expand your operation, how are you going to do that if you think you're going to put them in an office? When people are yeah. saying, I don't know if I want to go back to an office. So, you know, those are, I think, two important points. Thanks for listening to this episode of CSO's Executive Sessions. We've been speaking with Roland Cloutier, the global CSO at TikTok. Roland, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bob. 
CSO Executive Sessions shares the expertise and insights of leading security and risk executives. To learn more about how security and risk leaders are addressing today's dynamic risk environment, make sure to visit us at csoonline.com. And be sure to catch future CSO Executive Sessions by subscribing to this podcast on csoonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time for CSO and IDG, I'm Bob Rackham. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.